0: This is Leading the Way with Dr. Michael Youssef. Receiving Divine Peace by Dr. Michael Youssef In 1970, I worked for a telephone company in Sydney, Australia. i had only been in the country for a few months, and I had arrived with only $100. Sign up for the money. daily My Devotional email at ltw.org or search for My Devotional where you listen to your podcast. You'll be challenged to deepen your daily faith walk with Jesus, no matter how you consume this encouraging content. Thank you for taking time out of your busy day for another episode of Leading the Way Audio with pastor and international Bible teacher, Dr. Michael Youssef. Today, Matthew chapter 24. You'll be challenged to get ready for the return of Jesus through serving well and sharing God's amazing grace. Listen with me to this encouraging message of truth from God's Word. Here now is Dr. Michael Youssef.
1: Today I want to look at the passages beginning at verse 36 to 51 of Matthew 24. And Jesus saying to those who are watching... He gives us three illustrations, or three stories, and these three illustrations are emphasizing how suddenly and unexpectedly the return of Christ is going to be so sudden, be so quick, and so fast. The first is the equivalence to the days of Noah. The second is the separation between believers and non-believers on that day. And the third is the thief who breaks at homes at nighttime while everybody's asleep. Then finally, he emphasizes the imperative for being faithful, and he distinguishes and contrasts between those who are faithful and those who are not. So first of all, the days of Noah. It is fashionable today among megachurch pastors in order to please the non-believing churchgoers, they say or deny the historic account of the flood and Noah. And they say, if you don't want to believe it, you don't have to believe it. Read my lips. Yes, you do. I'm going to tell you why. If Jesus Christ, the eternal Son of God, who coexisted with the Father before all worlds, whom the Bible said through whom and for whom the whole world is created, who was there in the time of Noah. When he says it happened, it means what? It did happen. Otherwise, you are questioning the integrity of the Savior. And how can you worship a Christ as your only Savior and Lord when you question His integrity. Do you understand why? Both Old and New Testament affirm the flood as a historical event that had taken place. The most important thing here that the Lord is emphasizing in this telling of the story, and the telling us why it's going to be similarities between the days of Noah and the days of the return of the Lord, is the suddenness of it. It's going to be sudden for most people. Those who have rejected Noah's invitation to be saved and enter into the ark, they were taken by surprise. What were the days of Noah like? You've got to look back to the text, Genesis chapter 6. Let me tell you a few things. From Genesis chapter 6, it tells us, first of all, there was a rapid increase in population. The Word of God said, It came to pass that when men and women began to multiply on the face of the earth. Increase in population is neutral. is neither good or bad. But often, with increase of population comes an increase in moral decadence. Then there was an increase in knowledge. Knowledge used to multiply every few hundred years. Now they're multiplying every few months. Increase in knowledge contributes to wickedness, to self-indulgence, to complacency, to greed, and to demand for luxury. The Bible said there was also an increase in wickedness. The Bible said God saw the wickedness of man was great on the earth, and that every imagination of the thought of man's heart is only evil. In verse 38, Matthew 24, Jesus says that they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage. Now listen to me. There's nothing wrong with eating and drinking and marrying. Okay? I want to explain that. But there is something deeply wrong when people are obsessed with food. When people live to eat instead of eat to live, there's something seriously wrong. But listen, you don't have to be just obsessed with food for human food. Now there's an obsession with pet food. I read that we spend in the United States more money on pet food than the entire budget of the country of Uganda. In the same way, there's nothing wrong with marriage. The Bible makes it clear, and it's biblical, for heterosexual marriage and rearing of family. It is very biblical but when biblical marriage is constantly come under attack by the courts. And now they're talking about some cases pending in the courts about how any two people, but any three people or four people can marry. That is the wrong obsession with the wrong marriage. Beloved, judgment could not be far away. Another characteristics of the days of now which we're seeing today literally with our own eyes, is a mockery of the preaching of biblical truth. In 2 Peter 2.5 says that while Noah was building the ark, inviting people to come and escape the judgment, they were mocking him, they were laughing at him, and they were ridiculing him. No doubt they thought that Noah lost it. He just lost it. They have never seen rain in that region of the world, let alone a flood. What is he talking about? And the Bible said that for 120 years, think about that. This guy preached for 120 years, and he preached, and he warned, and he invited people to repent, but none of them would. They scoffed at him. They mocked him. In 2 Peter 3, 3 and 4, it says... In the last days, scoffers will come scoffing, and following their own evil desires, they will say, where is His coming that He promised ever since our fathers died? Everything goes on as it has since the beginning of creation. In Second Timothy chapter 3, verses 1 to 5, there will be terrible times in the last days. People will be lovers of self, lovers of money, boastful proud, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, without love, having the form of godliness, but deny its power. In 1 Timothy 4.1 it says, they will abandon the faith. You don't abandon the faith if you did not claim it at some point. He's talking about what we're seeing today of these pastors and musicians turning their back and they're saying they're going through deconstruction. They're not believing it anymore. They will abandon the faith and follow deceiving spirits and things that are taught by demons. Listen to me. Universalism, which is I'm going to come back to in a minute, is truly demonic teaching that has invaded the mainline denominations years ago and now invading the evangelical churches. It's a teaching of demons. Hear me right, please. When God shut the door of the ark, and listen carefully, the never says Noah shut the door. No, no, the Bible said God shut the door. Nobody could open it. Just as, and that was too late, and just as the return of Christ will be too late. Too late to repent. Too late to believe. Too late to come to Him. The second illustration our Lord uses here to emphasize the suddenness of His return is in the separation between believers and non-believers, between those who love the Lord Jesus and those who pretend to be Christians. Two working together, two closely related to each other, two next-door neighbors, two may share office space, two roommates one will go to heaven, the other one will go to hell. That alone, my friend, that alone should make everyone at the sound of my voice, everyone at the sound of my voice do some soul-searching. The professing Christians who think that all religion leads to heaven are going to be in a world of hurt, a world of hurt, Ex-church leaders saying that everybody's going to make it. God is not going to let anyone perish. Everyone is going to be saved. Everyone is going to go to heaven. It's preached from many a pulpit even to this day. They're going to be in a world of hurt. By this simple illustration, our Lord wants to disabuse them and disabuse us of this His heretical teaching. He wants to warn us and warns them against departure from the true gospel and believing that there will be the saved and the perishing. Our Lord is trying to disabuse them of that evil, demonic teaching of universalism. People often say, well, God is not going to send anyone to hell. Well, that's actually half-truth, because they're going to take themselves to hell. They're going to take themselves right there, by themselves. God's longing, God's desire, God's wish, if you like, is that no one would perish. Why do you think he left heaven and came to earth, lived as he lived, died as he died, rose again, ascended into heaven? So that he might give everyone the opportunity to come and believe in him. Listen to me. No one, no one, no one, no one, no one in the Bible spoke more about hell than Jesus. He even goes on to say in verse 51 saying, When the Master returns, he will cut down the unfaithful and send them where there is weeping and gnashing of teeth. If you think I have joy in saying that, please understand, I don't. No one should. No, there's a heart for the lost. See, in this illustration of the separation, our Savior, who paid with His blood for our salvation, is warning us that not everyone will be saved. Many will be lost. And listen, God is not a communist. God is not a socialist. He's not going to treat everybody equal. Giving everyone a trophy is not the God of heaven and earth. God is going to separate the faithful from the unfaithful. That's why anyone at the sound of my voice must examine themselves. Am I in the faith? Am I in the faith? The third illustration that our Lord uses here is that of a thief at night. Now, you have to understand the Middle East— In the time of Jesus, certainly I remember as a boy too, growing up in the Middle East, that was common. You seldom get the house burgled during the day. There were not many thieves that come around during the daytime because always somebody's in the house. House being empty during the day is just unheard of. So generally speaking, robbers and thieves don't come in the daytime. That's why you now understand why at night. They always came at night time. Nighttime. These night thieves actually start by pushing on the door of a house or a shop. They kind of push on it gently first. They want to see in case the owner of the house forgot to bolt it. So that way... They can stealthily go in. Then even if it's bolted, they have ways of kind of breaking in quietly so they would not have to wait. They don't beat the door down so they know they're going to, if they make a ruckus, they're gonna wake people up. They don't do that. That's why he talks about the thief at night. They're more what we would call cat burglar. And that's why we say, see the same thought in Second Peter, we see it in first and second Thessalonians. These two apostles, Peter and Paul, basically repeating what our Lord Jesus said. And again, you find it in Revelation 3.3, in the letter to the church in Sardis. The letter to the church in Sardis. I'm going to repeat this. This is not to the agnostics and the atheists. This is not to the Democratic Party or the Republican Party. (laughs) This is a letter to the church in Sardis. I want to keep making sure you understand as I read what it says— Here's what he said. If you do not wake up in time, church, I will come like a thief in the night, and you will not know at what time I will come to you. Question. What does the thief come to steal? What does he come to steal? The trash? Well, the trash bag is outside. He can take it. Actually save them trouble. No. He comes for the valuables. The valuables. That which we consider the most valuable prized possession. That's what they're after. And that is why people place their valuables in a safety deposit box and have alarms and We insure our valuables with the insurance company. We don't leave them lying around carelessly, you know, come in and help yourself. We don't do that. Only careless people do that. Question, what can be more valuable possession than your soul? Your soul is the most valuable possession. And that is why Jesus asked the question, what can anyone profit if he gains the whole world and loses his own soul? I know some people get worried sick about their possessions, their valuables, and whether it be money or gold or silver or jewelry or stocks or bonds. But should you not be more concerned about the most prized possession, your soul, and if your soul, which is your most prized possession, has been deposited in the greatest safety deposit box of all, the hands of Jesus, then you can sleep like a baby. The world be falling apart, but you're at peace. You're at peace because your most valuable possession, the most prized possession, is in His hand. It's in His hand. You have no worries, no fear, no anxiety. When you see the signs of the end of times, you're not worried at all. You have no anxiety when you see the signs of the birth pains. Even when everyone around you is panicking, you're at peace. You're at peace. Why? Your most prized possession are in the very hands of the safest deposit box of all. In fact, that really motivates us to live more for Christ because we're at peace with Him regardless of when Christ will return. You have your spiritual bags packed. It's more than that. It's more than that. It's watching. Not just waiting for Him, but watching. Verse 42, Therefore keep watch because you do not know when. Verse 44, So you will also must be ready in each of these three pictures that our lord uses here he's stressing the suddenness the suddenness of his return in the picture of noah and the flood it reminds us that many will be lost in the picture of the two men and the two women working in the field it reminds us that we are not saved by being close to other saved people. It's an individual salvation. And thirdly, the picture of the thief in the middle of the night reminds us to be prudent about our souls, which are our most prized possession. Finally, in verses 45 to 51, our Lord gives us another contrast. Jesus, I told you there are several contrasts in this passage the faithful and the unfaithful the watching, and the oblivious. The faithful servant is not only ready at any time, but he or she is faithful in serving and doing and giving of themselves. In fact, it is their expectations of the return of the Master that motivates them to be faithful in this life. Don't miss that. Don't miss that. That's why Jesus said, Occupy till I come. He did not say, Take it easy till I come. Put your feet up till I come. Say, Here I am, send my sister till I come. (laughs) Occupy. What's occupy means? Occupy means being busy, working, serving, witnessing, ministering to others till I come. And that's what he means By giving food in due season. You say, what food are you talking about? Spiritual food. Sharing with each other the Word of God. Words of encouragement from the Word of God. Here's how God ministered to me through His Word today. Let me share it with you. Let me encourage you today. Let me minister to you today. And as we minister to one another, that's the kind of food Jesus is talking about. The unfaithful ones, they're busy feeding themselves. Junk food. The unfaithful are busy attacking, criticizing, and they're beating up on the faithful. The faithful ones who are watching. They were watching. The unfaithful. Slouching, putting it off, maybe even give up. My beloved friends, the Bible speaks about now. The hour is now. The day of salvation is today. Don't put it off. Don't put it off. The time for faithfulness is now. Lord Jesus, I don't even know how to pray, Lord. After such a message from your Word, it's convicting me. And What I pray for myself, I pray for my beloved friends. Help us, empower us to be faithful. Only you can do that through the power of your Holy Spirit. Forgive us past unfaithfulness. And may you turn a new page with each one of us. For Father, we know that when we pray in Jesus' name and for his sake, you don't only hear us, but you answer us. So we pray in his name. And all of God's people said amen.
0: Our prayer is that you have enjoyed and experienced life challenge through today's message on Leading the Way. What you've heard is part of Dr. Youssef's series called, Is the End Near? Well, are you ready for the return of Jesus? Would you like to talk with a pastor or a counselor to walk through any questions that you may have? All you have to do is fill out a short contact form at ltw.org jesus. And the Leading the Way team can get you connected. Oh, and by the way, today's content is further explored in Dr. Youssef's special offer for this month, the End Times Book Collection. Here are more details.
1: Often driven by fear, Christians and non-Christians alike are seeing world events unfold and asking, is this the end of the world? Find hope and security in the pages of God's Word when you get your copy of The End Times Book Collection by pastor and author Dr. Michael Youssef. This special package includes Is the End Near? End Times and The Secret of the Muddy", and The Hope-Filled Never Give Up. Right now, Dr. Youssef is offering these resources together in a special book packaging called The End Times Book Collection. Details at ltw.org
0: Learn more about the End Times book collection today. Available while supplies last when you give a gift of any amount to Leading the Way. A ministry representative can help you. Just call 866-626-4356 or that website ltw.org This program is furnished by Leading the Way with Dr. Michael Yusak. Connect with us via television, YouTube, Facebook, X, and all of our social networks.